Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. here with me dallas do you want to say hello or anything before i continue yeah hello knicks fans uh rest in peace willis reed yeah, our captain the captain definitely not my era of basketball uh never no. got to see him play but like he's the kind of guy that you hope someone from this generation gets talked about eventually like right like Yes. Like the dream is that someone that we're watching now or like the guys we're watching now end up getting talked that talk and about still that. and still revered 50 years later. Yeah, like yeah, everyone yeah. remember, like yeah, everyone yeah. knows Willis Reed coming out of the tunnel. All of us yeah. do. We didn't watch it live. Like it is way before our time. But <laughs> thanks to thanks to the Internet and YouTube and like clips and things like that, like we can relive it and we all know it. It is one of the best moments. And that's the that's the fucking sports viewers dream is to live and watch those moments like we we would be so lucky to get to get some moments like that some I don't we know, almost Julius randall we and, almost had history last night yeah 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 brunson stumbling out in Ugh. the eastern conference finals you know <laughs> to beat the celtics and take us i don't know but that that's the sort of thing you dream of so like the fact that that the fact that he did that and that he's still talked about the way he is uh it's yeah, super cool. And by all accounts, I mean, I don't know. I don't know him that well, but at least it certainly seems like he was a decent dude, too. So, um, yeah, shout out the captain. And also, uh, the other thing I need to say in this intro is shout out the the good old days when Tibbs used to wear suits because that man used to look good. But what up? these days... First uh, of all, what a transition. That was... <laughs> That was an elite transition. Got to talk about the important <laughs> shit here. Second, uh, second, and second of all, we are going to get into Tibbs wardrobe talk, so don't worry about it. But guys, that's probably going to be on the Patreon version of this mm. episode. And in order to get there, to listen to this entire thing, where we discuss everything about Tom Thibodeau's wardrobe and the sneakers he wears and stuff, you got to sign up at our Patreon. So this is what you do. You either go to the strict.land, find it anywhere on our menu. It takes you right to Patreon and you can see all the different tiers that we have. We have a $3, $5, probably some other numbers related to the next type of tier where you can hear this entire podcast in full. There is one where you can listen to Schwinn's Strick and Roll. 
and you got the Friday edition of Pod Strickland. So you got all that stuff. You get exclusive uh, articles by the but the the professor himself, Matthew Miranda. So check that all out. You can either go to patreon.com backslash the Strickland or go to our website, thestrick.land. You can find it and you will find it there in the menu. You'll also find all our merchandise. Please check out the merch. We got some good stuff. We have more to come. You got to get yourself your matching pastel spring Strickland sweatsuit outfit, matching outfit. So you rock in the springtime. You're going to look absolutely fabulous in it so go to our shop too that's at big cartel probably dot com backslash to strickland or some variation of that url our website has it check it out that's all the the plugging we had to do dallas are you ready for the questions blah, 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 blah. i am um, ready let's go yeah, yeah i need the i need the dust bust out the uh <laughs> the, the crappy soundboard <laughs> Again, test it out, get it to work while we do this live. And hopefully everyone would hear it too. So I gotta I gotta get that in instead of doing like you know I don't wanna add it in like post, right? Like that's not as fun. Like I want you guys to, like I want everyone to hear it live with us <laughs> as we're doing it. So then you get you get the authentic reactions of like exactly. the guy cut off by the horn or whatever. Yeah. Or you know what? I could probably we could probably find like a soundboard somewhere. You know, we should we should really just switch from podcasting and to, see if we can get morning an AM radio. radio AM. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my dream. <laughs> just go to some shitty radio station <laughs> with terrible at coffee 3 at three AM and uh passing like, the truckers. Exactly, in like a terrible studio with the equipment is from like the early two thousands. This is basketball robot and do 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 that would yeah, like just like those insane, insane voices they did. Oh, I would. I Welcome would to ninety eight six Love It's beautiful stuff. It's, blah, it blah, really blah. is. I miss it. The internet ruined it. Podcast ruined it. Yeah, man. Terrible. There's a uh, at my university. They have like a local radio, like a university radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's like, they're like the, literally like sixteen people listen to it. But they have a little hub right in the center where they it's like all glass windows that they're behind when they're like playing shit and like talking and whatever. So it's awesome. You can go and just like sit in the courtyard, <laughs> eat like bad like diner food and uh, uh, like watch them do their live radio show to like 16 people. Um, like today we're getting into like alternative rock from Portland in the nineties. Yeah. Like, All right, let's do it. Some deep cuts. Oh man. There's, there's definitely some amazingly terrible stuff on your local college radio right now that you are not <laughs> listening to. Absolutely. And like, some great stuff. Some or great. there's, yeah. Or there's something like absolutely amazing out there and you're like, wow. How are these? Yeah. So guys, you get, like, check, check out your local on, like, radio station. <laughs> Bigfoot or something like that. (laughs) That's what we need. But uh, what we really need is this question answered. This is from ZMP323 Company Man Hater. Who is better, Jalen Brunson or Emmanuel Quickly? (laughs) Um, This is specifically Summit. See, this is what you guys are missing if you don't have our Patreon to get into our Discord, where basically this is where we get our questions from. All of this isn't in entirely inside joke <laughs> if you want to get in on the inside joke 
you got to join Patreon, get in the Discord to understand everything. So there was a beautiful debate that I think was completely blown out of context, but that's what we do. We're sports fans. We blow things out of context where there was an argument (laughs) between who's actually better, Jalen Brunson or Emmanuel quickly stemmed from Dallas's hot take. Yeah, I mean, so, I, don't, I don't think like I don't. So know. who's better? Who's better? Who's better? What Dallas? I think is what I think is true is that if quickly um, started and had the usage and role that Jalen Brunson had, I think he'd be playing very similarly. I think you'd have an All Star caliber player. Um, I think people would be talking about him as like an All Star guy, a guy who who could make All Stars, uh, All Star teams. Um, and I mean, I just I just think. Like the uh, the evidence is pretty clear. He's like in his ten starts, he averaged pretty close to twenty points. It was like nineteen point seven points or something like that per game on fifty seven true shooting um, and elite defense. Right, you put those things together, and that's including like a couple of really crappy games post um, after that fifty six or fifty five or fifty seven or whatever minute mm-hmm. performance against the Celtics, where um, basically the whole team was dead. The next the next definitely one game and two games for I mean quick just yeah he looked bad uh, and played bad um in in that Hornets game and that uh Kings game um but anyways yeah like I I just think uh we I mean we've seen it anytime he's forced to step up into a bigger on ball role um he performs and if you look at like his pick and roll stats um as a scorer at least um he has the exact same points per possession as Jalen Brunson um, as a pick and roll score, score, uh, he just takes fewer pick and roll, uh, has fewer pick and roll opportunities each game. You know, he takes, I think like four per game or something like that. And Brunson's at like nine. So there's some question about, yeah, can he scale it up consistently? But we've, I mean, we've essentially seen him do it anytime he has a start. Um, and even last season when he started, when he got a few starts at the end of the year, he was putting up like triple doubles. And like, I, I think he's just, he definitely has a lot to grow, uh, a lot of growth um that he needs to make but especially as a passer i think is a big thing um and i think in some ways just as like running the team as a point guard as opposed to just like being a part of the team at times um but uh and and another another thing i say if you're just making the comparison between brunson and him he's clearly worse as like just a score a pure score like brunson has uh a set of moves uh and uh Go to mid rangers and that sort of thing. That are, it's just it's just a different sort of level. But I think it's I don't think it's impossible that quickly gets there eventually or gets pretty close to that level. Um, but where quickly has a massive advantage is on the defensive end. Um, I mean, and we saw that. I don't know when people will be listening to this, but we saw that last night in um, the game against the Timberwolves, where like so you you have Brunson starting and you don't want him at the point of attack, so you that forces you to put Grimes at the point of mm-hmm. attack. Uh, so you can hide Brunson, but then Brunson was getting hidden in the first half on Torian Prince, who is, uh, I don't know exactly how tall he is, but way taller than Brunson. And this uh, dude this, just, he just this game is, that game was so triggering to me, but like, I'll let you continue your point. I, I hated that game, but not for the reasons a lot of people discussed, but like, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yes. yeah. He was just shooting open shots, you know, I mean, they were, he was defended, but like it was over Brunson. So it was basically an open shot. And there wasn't much Brunson could do about it. And then in the second half, that forced Tibbs to put Brunson back on Conley for a stretch. And um, 
then he was, you know, struggling at the point of attack. And it also makes things difficult when he plays with Quickly, who, like, I think it's hard to deny that Quickly is one of your our best three players. I think it's, you know, random. I, yes, I would agree. Quickly. I would agree. Those, yeah, those are the three. But it's tough to play um, Quickly and Brunson together for the following reason. Um, Brunson, you want not at the point of attack because you need to hide him on defense. And Quickly, you want not at the point of attack because he's so elite off the ball on defense. He gives you so much value as a help defender. Um, and he's still decent on the ball, but he's not as good on the ball as he is off the ball, right? Like, I think Grimes is a better, for example, point of attack defender. But then mm -hmm. what happens is if you have both of those guys on the court and you don't want either of them at the point of attack, that means you have to put your three at the point of attack, which means both Quickly and Brunson are going to have size disadvantages most likely. Um, or at least one of them is whoever's guarding the three, right? Mm -hmm. Um uh, you can't sort of have both. It's really difficult to have both of them off the ball. So what often ends up happening is then you put quickly on the ball, but then you lose some of his uh, uh, defensive advantages that he gives you. Some of his, um, you know, so there's there's some weird conundrums of playing them together. But yeah, no, I don't think it's, I think it's perfectly reasonable to think that quickly would be thought of and would be providing very similar value as Brunson has if he was in Brunson's position, if you swap them. The value would be different. It would come in different ways, but quickly is damn good. Uh, and in this most recent stretch of of him starting, if you just remove the dead leg games, he essentially was playing at an all NBA level, like as a starting point guard against extremely good teams. This was not like weak competition. Now there were the dead leg games and I'm not going to discount those. Like when you're talking about everything all together, you got to include those because um, Brunson's surely had his share of those too. Right. And they fit into his stats just in the same sort of way. Um, and also, I mean, last night quickly had some real rough stuff down the stretch, I thought. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's, that's how I feel about it. I think there's two things going on here that this isn't at all any sort of criticism of Jalen Brunson because Jalen Brunson is that good on all, like Jalen Brunson's legit and yeah. we'll probably get into stuff for him, but like, just kind of like watching him just on off it, he makes all the star shots so like he's just special <laughs> that way on offense he's just a special offensive player and i think that just shows how good i think just how good quickly it's right like i think jalen brunson just has been severely underrated this year <laughs> he's been absolutely amazing he didn't get an all-star which is insane but i understood i kind of understood the idea that like the Knicks at the time with the record, you can't they can't have two All Stars in the East. Like I kind of get it, but then like you kind of saw them after the All Stars, and you're like, oh, the Knicks were actually for real, and they actually did deserve two All Stars. So yeah, I just think quickly is that good. I think that's what it ultimately is. I don't I I get why people are going to push back because Brunson I think is special offensively. I don't think I we don't and we don't know if IQ can ever be there consistently, ultimately because of opportunity. So it's like a so because Brunson is a known and quickly is an unknown. You're getting the pushback, but I think it's not even slander on Jalen Brunson. I just think no. it's if you're high on Emmanuel quickly and you think he could be better than Brunson, but like Brunson is amazing. It's like that's how good I think these guys are. Yeah, that's how I that's how I usually would take it, not as like slander or anything. I think it's just ultimately Brunson is amazing. I think Brunson's the better player right now in terms of impact, but quickly could get there, and it just shows like. That's a crazy, that could be an amazing backcourt for the yeah. Knicks, potentially.
Yeah, there. I mean, there's the defensive troubles with them, I think. Um, well, and they mostly stem from Brunson's weaknesses, which actually I think is like a really interesting question. So like... We're gonna we're gonna get into Jalen Brunson defense. So just hold hold those thoughts. We are okay. getting to okay. so many other. I I do appreciate how we met ma- we managed to touch on pretty much every single question somehow, and I have to like kind of like rein us back because <laughs> like we could just answer the entire mailbag in like one, one giant one. conversation. So it's like, well, wait. What about this? Here's a diff- here's a spin on the question that was asked. If you were starting a franchise right now, would you take quickly or Brunson? You get one of them. I'm, I, cause I really want to win and I could probably find, this is my, I'm taking Brunson cause I, Brunson is known, but it also, because like, I have a chance that I can get another guy with Emmanuel quickly upside. That's kind of the logic, right? Like I could potentially take a different route and st- just say like, you have to pick between the two. We're doing a draft, right? And then like, oh, look, Anthony Edwards is still available for me. I'll take Anthony Edwards with me with Jalen Brunson and I'm in pretty good shape, so. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I would long-term, like if I'm trying to build a franchise, I think I would take quickly. Um, yeah, and my- it's, it's a worthy, I would gamble. Like if I was like a team where I'm just like, I need to gamble, even though I know Brunson is the sure thing, right? It's just like, I'll take the chance on quickly hitting a hitting a very good offensive outcome because the defense is so good so like i get that would be like a good gamble for me like that would be fun that's a risk that's like that, that's a fun risk and I, I mean i just think we talked about this last time i think but i just think iq is um just the sort of guy who can give you elite value but next to literally anybody um where brunson is like he he can definitely fit next to a lot of guys but it's a harder fit mm-hmm. and you start getting questions and you start having difficulty. Like, I mean, we're seeing some of them, right? There's some defensive questions and defensive combinations. You just can't make work with Brunson. Um, you probably can't have another bad defender in your starting lineup with Brunson. It's re- it's really hard to survive that um, and be like a championship contending team. Um, you, you know, to give you a lot of value, he's got to have the ball in his hands a lot. So like, if you get another star, you know, like, like, I think this is what we saw. Now, maybe this is partially Luca's fault, but I think we saw Brunson and Dallas had a lot worse impact than uh, he is having this year. And a lot of it is because he's been able to have the ball in his hands way more this year, right? Luca demanded mm-hmm. the ball so extensively. Um, and Brunson produces value by having the ball in his hands. Um, so if you do end up getting some superstar who's like very ball dominant, um, I think quickly is going to fit bet, bet next to them better and give you higher, um, you know, higher return, higher value in those instances when he's uh, all those times when he's off the ball, right? He's going to be able to give you value and he's just going to be able to fit next to almost anybody in a way that Brunson can't. So if I'm starting a franchise and I'm as high as I am on quickly, where I think there's like a reasonable chance he ends up better than Brunson mm-hmm. uh, or they're at least going to be have similar careers probably. Because um, I really do think people have made this. I'm not the first person to say this, but quickly looks like he's in the same position Brunson was in Dallas, but in New York, where like he's putting up the sort of numbers that Brunson I, was doing. But I'm going to give like, that role, you know, yeah, I'll give you a I'll give you a hot take. I think we're doing right now. Like Brunson may actually have like the superstar upside that you're looking for. Like what if he like what if he takes another step offensively right next year? Then you're like, oh, he's he's insane, right? Like, 
I'm just thinking, like, if Brunson's not that far, like, that far from taking another type of, like, scoring that, we'll see how the Knicks play in the playoffs, right? I think that'll ultimately be a big factor in this. But, like, Brunson did get, like, the Mavericks to the Western Conference Finals. You know, like, there could, like he could just be, like, that guy. <laughs> so... I'm not ruling that out. I that's it's it, it's I get I get that's my hot take. I'm not ruling that out. Brunson just maybe like one of like the guys. He could be that good. Yeah, I mean, I will say like so he was good last playoffs, mm-hmm. um, but he did have a massive um, you know like if you look at him versus like tr- guys you think of as like true top scorers in the playoffs or whatever, it was a very it was still very different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like he went in the regular season from having a 58 true shooting percentage to having a 55 true shooting percentage in the playoffs, right? Which is a pretty steep, steep drop. And 55 true shooting percentage in the playoffs is like well below top scores, including point guards, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like if you're comparing him to like, or other gar- scoring guards, you know, you're comparing him to like Steph Curry or, you know, Donovan Mitchell or whatever, like these guys you think of as like um, the top, uh, you know, score, score, scoring guards uh, when it comes to the playoffs. He uh, he did still pale. But I'm with you. Um, well, actually, Donovan Mitchell, I'm just looking now, ha- hasn't been that great in the playoffs despite having a few crazy outlier years. No, look, like, Donovan Mitchell has, like, the like, great scoring upside, but, like, we're kind of seeing, I don't know, like, it's it's they seem on the same level. I don't know if... I think I don't think people see him that way, but like Brunson and like Donovan are pretty much on the same level to me. So it's like there there's upside in Brunson. I think there's upside in him. I just there could be like I don't know. We'll see though. We have to see how the playoffs go. Yeah, that'll be yeah. that'll be my ultimate decision. I'll, I'll whether I start backing off <laughs> from the hot take, be like oh easy there, or just I mean, the thing completely is, leading in. He he the like the hope the goal is that he can provide you the. Like, even if he gives back things in other places, he can provide you the star value as a crunch time isolation scorer. Kind yeah, of exactly. Um, which uh, there aren't that many guys who can do that. So him being able to do that is super valuable. And I think that's where, like, when you want to make a case, like, uh, Brunson over quickly, if you want to make that case, you have to re- – that's where it comes down to is being like mm-hmm. – you're like, I, if you're not, you're not sure quickly can do it or do it at that level – and you think that is, you know, that, I mean, I think there's reason for thinking that's the most valuable skill in basketball is like being able to get those isolation sort of mid-range jumpers and like mm-hmm. uh, down the stretch kind of time running out, you know, scoring points. But uh, yeah, so that, I mean, I think that's where the case is if you're going to make that case. All right. You ready? Are you ready for our second question? <laughs> second <laughs> of 53, right? There were 53. Something like that. And we have... Uh just under a hundred minutes to uh finish it so this is gonna we are cruising Fate limited villain x asks what do you think the next record will be by the end of the season and then what will the record be for like the remainder of the season so like what are they ending up at and then over this 11 game stretch we still have 11 games left yeah so do, we'll do the schedule ready at miami winner winner loss uh Win. We've got Miami's number. Okay, so forty-three, thirty-one at Orlando. Lose. Okay, so that's going to be forty-three, thirty-two. Uh, home against Houston. Win. 
All right, so 44, uh, Miami, home. Easy win. Oh, okay, so we're at 45, right? 45 wins at Cleveland. Uh, last loss of the season. Last loss of the season is going to be Cleveland. They're going to go into the playoffs, beating the Wizards at home to make it 46, beating Indiana at Indiana, 47, at New Orleans, 48. So you're saying they're going to win 49 games. Well, at this point, Indiana is like soft tanking. No, I'm just saying, so what I'm getting at is like, you think they're going to end the season with 49 yeah, sure, why not? They, I mean, they might, they might throw in another loss in there, but uh, well, yeah, they'll probably, to be honest, they'll probably split with the Heat. That would be my guess. But I don't know. How, this stuff's hard to predict. Who knows? They're, uh, you know what? <laughs> they're going to go they're going on a run. They're going to win 50 games. That would be awesome. <laughs> That's my prediction. <laughs> is that just one one loss or is that two losses? That's uh just one loss. One loss. They're they're only losing one game. They're going to go 10 for 11. So, yeah. Obi Frazier asks, is Grimes' role in minutes limited by his rebounding and how likely is this something he can meaningfully improve? Dallas, do you have any thoughts on Grimes' rebounding? It's an interesting question. Um, I honestly haven't spent a ton of time watching Grimes rebounding. Um, I think just the the Grimes versus Hart thing is in general kind of interesting. Um, mm-hmm. They give you different skill sets for sure. Um, like I personally think Grimes is a better point of attack defender. I yes, think I, I think so too. Getting over screens, I think he stays more connected. He's clearly a better shooter. Um, Grimes. Are we sure about that? I think so. And he's just a more confident shooter. Um, I'm just saying, um, what's his name? Shooting like 50% though. Hard. Yeah, but like on... <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm messing with you. Just keep going. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Because Hart is like a career, what is he, 35%? Yeah. Something like that. That And that's what he is at this point. I mean, he's a, you know, 35% shooters are going to have stretches where they're shooting 50% and have stretches where they shoot 20%. Like, it's just how, you know this stuff better than I do. Um, oh, yeah, totally. I can uh, do it on top of my head right now. The high variant stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, Grimes is a, Grimes, I think Grimes is clearly a better shooter. But there's this interesting thing where they do play very differently. Like, yes. um, Grimes plays hard, and I think he plays hard all the time. Yes. Um, but there's, like, a level or, like, a difference, a type of intensity that Hart gets to that Grimes doesn't. And it's even more yes. dramatic if you, like, look at him versus RJ. We're like, yes. in fairness, I think RJ kind of has, like, resting, not trying face. Like he, there's he's like a like, whole thing. We have like a whole thing on RJ that's been going on. I think, which is absolutely his like in its own insanity. But yeah, like, but like even when RJ is like trying his absolute best, it's it's like, not hard. No, it isn't. Well, it doesn't look the same way that it does when it, Hart no, does. it doesn't. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not and the same. I do think he's a little slower than Hart. Both Grimes, Grimes. Well, I don't know if it was Grimes, but RJ definitely is slower than Hart. Where like, you know. If RJ wanted to dive for a ball, he just it takes him an extra step or two to get there, mm-hmm. an extra tick or two to get there. Then, Hart's ready on the floor. He's on the floor right now. Yeah, exactly. So there, there's some there's something there. I I honestly don't know. I think probably in terms of value, um, they're very similar, but they give you different things. And it's clear that it is clear that Tibbs values what Hart gives 
more, I think. Um, yeah. There is a way in which Hart can Hart. So first of all, one thing is Hart is Tibbs trusts Hart with the ball more. So mm-hmm. on the offensive side of the ball, he has way more opportunities to impact the game than Grimes. Where Grimes, because of the way the offense is run, even if he's open, you can have these stretches of 25 minutes where he touches the ball once, you know? Yeah. Uh, because Bronson and Randall uh, and even RJ, although RJ's been, I think, maybe the best of the three since All-Star break at this, but, like, they have tendencies to ISO and just go get their own thing, right? They're going to go put up their own shot. And even if other guys are open, they're going to put up their own shot. And when you have a guy whose primary skill on offense is catching and shooting or catching and pumping and driving to the basket. If he's never getting the ball in those, in, like if he's never getting any catch and shoot opportunities, uh, you're just not going to have any offensive impact. Um, maybe there's some in terms of him offering some floor spacing, but even that I think is not as much as it otherwise would be um, for him on most teams because teams know he doesn't get the ball that much. Um, so the fact that Tibbs trusts uh, Josh Hart to have the ball in his hands a little bit more actually gives him the opportunity to have offensive impact in a way that Grimes just sometimes can't because of the way the team plays. And that's no slight to Grimes where I think like, you know, all things considered, there are reasons why uh, I think in lots of cases you'd want to play Grimes over Hart. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. I think there are games where it just would be better or whatever, but just the way we play, it does devalue a lot of what Grimes can give you on offense. Um, And they're close enough on defense, though they have different skills that I think Josh Hart's um, ability to add things on offense in terms of offensive rebounding de- and in terms of uh, having the ball in his hands a little bit and in transition as a scorer and also as a guy who pushes the pace and as a guy who just kind of can lead out there in terms of like, okay, we need to slow the ball down or, okay, we really desperately need a bucket. I'm just going to get out and transition and make a bucket happen, right? Mm-hmm. Like he has some of that stuff. And I think given the way we play, it does make it the case that Hart is, in most instances, the better choice. Um, but that doesn't mean if we play differently, I think, you know, I think Grimes would, his, he would shine a little bit more. But he just, if you're never going to get the ball as a catch and shoot guy or a guy who only operates as a secondary, well, what, it, I mean, you're just, you can't offer any offensive value. And then all your value is defense. And if someone else is pretty good defensively and can offer value in other places, it's just going to, it's just going to be better for the team to have that guy out there heart just fits i don't it, i don't think it's just a slight on grimes or anything like that i just yeah i i see it as heart on all like you're talking about two players who play off the ball one guy creates chaos like that's what that's what heart does he's just creating chaos out there right like off the ball it's like you got to pay attention to him because he's going to get the offensive rebound. He's going to get the... St- he's just kind of everywhere. He's setting, like, he's setting screens. He's boxing out. And that just fits perfectly with how Brunson and Randall operate. Right? Because it's just like, they're going to do their thing. So they could do their thing. And then Hart's going to just magically make potentially something happen. He's just kind of paying attention. Watch over. It's basically how we really want RJ to play with these two guys. Because RJ had his... <laughs> skill set and profile if if rj had heart's mind right we're talking like it's like oh rj got it right like that's what we're looking for yeah i think that's what it is i i don't think it's a slight on grimes grimes is a pretty decent rebounder just they just play differently i i I think it's just ultimately that they're they're similar to the point where 
like heart just fits better. And I don't think it's a slide on Grimes because Grimes can still do it. I don't know. I just, I think just heart fits like just what they're doing. Just like you kind of watch the team play and it just works. I think the upsetting part is you probably want to close with uh, Brunson IQ heart. Randall, Mitch, kind of like what they're doing, or heart, depending on heart and sign, depending on how it is, and that's where the defensive issues you talked about come into play down like the stretch. Yeah, but also and, like uh, I don't. I mean, I don't. You were you were mentioning like feeling feel. I don't. I don't feel bad. Like Grimes is still getting plenty of minutes. He's still yeah. starting. He's playing an important role, and we're good because we have these luxuries. Yes. We're good because we get to make these decisions. Like. Uh, if we only had one of them, we would be way worse, right? And the fact yes. that we the fact we have both is what makes us as good as we are. And the fact that, you know, I mean, anyway, so I yeah, I don't think I don't think it's a problem. I'm not worried about it. No, I, um, I think it's a great way to like to win ultimately, just given like, all right, who's that third guy between like RJ Hart and Grimes, right? And depending on who they're playing, like I think it's a luxury to kind of have that guy just play a certain way. Yep, during the it, matchup, given the flow of the game, all these sort of things. It's, it, it's great to have. It gives you a luxury, too, in the playoffs if you have, like, a guy who's really scoring a lot or going off on you where you can be like, all right, I'm going to throw Grimes on him for, you know, mm-hmm. five minutes. Then I'm going to throw a heart on him for heart five minutes. Give RJ a few minutes on him. Like, you have just different different looks you can go with in terms of, like, wing guys yeah. that you can throw on at least two through four with RJ, um, you could you can conceivably do. And really one through four, depending on the four, with Grimes and um, Hart. And that's pretty awesome. And then you also have Randall, who you can really trust, uh, I think, down stretches especially on like two through four. Um, yeah. And sometimes okay. even ones, but that, you know, that's a little bit of a tougher ask. And then... Yeah, so you just and quickly too. So you just have a bunch of like sort of switchable guys that you throw. It's just a great. That's a great luxury to have. Now, will we be like mixing them up or like really seeing? I do think we'll mix them up, but are we going to really see the pinnacle of that? Um, to be determined. But, yeah, I I sort of think like Tibbs is going to the way he'll mix it up is he has his set rotations, which has Grimes on whoever it is first, and then you know. After six minutes or seven minutes in the first quarter, he subs him out, and a different guy goes on. Right? It's going to be you just unintentionally provided a beautiful segue to the following question. Let's go. From ZMP three two three company man hater. Similar to the question above, do you think Tibbs sometimes rolls with Hart a little too long during times when we need Grimes to shooting? That was, that that ties into what you're the, that what you were just getting into. Yeah. Does, is he is he relying on Hart too much? I don't because he's I, – well, I would say yes if he was going to actually uh, set things up where Grimes was getting shots. But the, the thing yes. – the fact of the matter is Grimes is not getting any fucking shots. Like um, Grimes averages like seven shots a game, uh, five threes a game. Yeah, and like that, he he's not getting shots in the fourth quarter. That's, so just like have the guy who doesn't who isn't going to shoot but can help the offense in a different way. That's all Tibbs is thinking. Yeah, and Grimes probably I would guess he's shooting seven times a game. I'm gonna guess he's t- 
touching the ball 12 times a game. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> like 13. Uh, the guy is, it's just, he's so uninvolved in the offense, the way the offense is run, um, that it's just, I, I don't, I, I think if we would run thing, run a little bit more for him or have, you know, more of a offense that emphasized rather than just getting shots on the rim from somewhere in the paint, uh, if it emphasized a little bit more um, searching for better shots, that he would end up shooting more. Um, and it may be the case, actually, a thing that might help, it wouldn't surprise me, um, is just switching Grimes and Hart. Um, I think it would help Grimes, at least. I don't know that it would help the team overall, because there's some interesting questions about Hart's fit. Um, but Grimes with, if you imagine Grimes in the second unit, um he'd be getting he'd be getting more looks exactly he'd be getting more looks and i think that fact would make it the case that he would have more offensive value because he would you know he'd be he'd be the second best best second best whatever something like that shooter in the he'd be the second best shooter in this in the second unit right and he would just be getting Mm -hmm. shots um that unit moves the ball a lot better um they're more free-flowing they play fast um but then what you're missing out by doing that is on some of his defensive value as a point of attack guy where because he I, he's the best of the team I think probably yes where you allow Brunson to play off ball and hide uh, and you allow RJ to be like a wing guy who's gonna then you gotta have hard at point of attack who's off. fine but like yeah yep so I mean I, I think it's probably best as it is but one thing that Tibbs could do is do more mixing and matching and give Grimes some more minutes with the second unit. Um, but then again, like Hart with the second unit has been awesome too. Like they yeah. push the ball together, him and quickly play off each other really they're, well. They're, they're ready to run. And then Hart and sign wants to throw long passes too. Like they're just ready to run. Yeah. And great. Grimes, I think it's probably would probably not be as good at that as Hart is. Um, and so, yeah. So again, I think it's just we're in a position where we want to use Grimes. Grimes is super useful, and he's a good player. He's a good young player. He's got mm-hmm. potential, um, but he's just given the way we play and given our system. I think Hart is just a better option in a lot of cases. Um, outside of with that starting unit, when you want Grimes at the point of attack, uh, at least at the beginning of games, um, I think. Yeah, I got two questions coming from G Baked. You ready? Wait. Wait, yeah, now I'm ready. What does Brunson have to do to be a better defender? Then there's always talk of the Knicks needing a star. What what do Randall and Brunson need to do to improve to get to that level? Great questions. I like both of these. Um, on the defensive thing for Brunson, I don't know that there's a lot he can do differently. He just kind of is who he is, I think. He moves his feet decently well. I mean, he does have some weird things. Like, he does this, like, when he comes around screens, he takes very rounded, um, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Rounded um, trajectories uh, that mm-hmm. adds add a bunch of steps. And you watch him, it's kind of funny. He kind of gets low. He's almost like he's almost like um, like a dad at a summer picnic trying to do an airplane. <laughs> like, he gets low and kind of puts his arms out to balance and, like, takes a rounded, like, like around yeah. the so he loses distance or like loses connection with guys so he could definitely work on his footwork it's kind of funny um that as good a, as he is on at offensive footwork his defensive footwork is uh, 
it's iffy. So that's one thing. But he does move his feet decently well. Like if you can't get the charges he gets, and unless yeah. you're really good at moving your feet, because he's getting in front of guys, you know. Although some of that comes from the overhelping scheme where he's already down in the paint waiting at times. But still, he moves his feet pretty well. And then a lot of it, I mean, there's size limitations and stuff like that too. Like, I don't think he's like the worst defender of all time for sure. You know, like there's lots of defenders who are worse. But he's not a good defender. He's not a plus defender. Um, But you can't discount the charges, which count for something. But how does he get better? Other than the footwork stuff, I just don't know that there's a lot. I hate. No, I think there is, and I hate to say it. Is it, just, it pains me? What is it going to be like? Help, help rotation. Yeah. Be more on. He on? has to flop more. Oh, flop he, more. He has to. He, he has to. Plenty. He, he needs to flop more. He needs to play the. Oh my god, I'm the tiniest person on the floor. You're killing me. <laughs> like he Where needs, does that. He spends the whole game on the floor. He needs. He needs to do it more. He needs to flop. In the in the Timberwolves game, even though. They were the the Jaden McDaniels push offs. There were two of them that were so blatant, especially at the that last one that really <laughs> impacted the game significantly. Yeah. Not calling that, but um, if he fell to the ground, he would have got the call. Yeah, like if he Marcus smarted it, he would have gotten the call. Yeah, it pains me to say it. He, he does. To, he does. He does. Marcus. He smart needs to do it more. That. No, but he needs to do it more. He has I, to lean I want into a brand it. of basketball that I can respectably tell my friends I I cheer for. I, look, I agree, and that's I why want, I think I can't I can't be telling people I cheer for Marcus Smart. I look, can't be telling people I cheer for Dylan Brooks. I can't be telling people I cheer for foul baiting. Look, uh, I'm telling you, but you don't know. The question was, how does he get better? That's how he gets better, guys. Well, I I, mean, I presumed there was a a tacit an implicit. <laughs> within the bounds of playing the game in a respectable way, right? Look, I'm just saying, that's how how he improves. And the beauty of the great game of basketball. (laughs) Now he has to flop. He has to flop. I know that G-Baked had that implicit. He needs to flop. That's how he becomes a star. He needs to to be a flopper. Yeah. Like, that's that's his star turn. But, uh, (laughs) no, I think the star turn, honestly, it would depend on if the Knicks get a certain type of player, like, like Brunson passing more, right? Like if there's more opportunities for Brunson passing, I think that would be like the next step for him. If he kind of keeps the scoring the same, if he's just like dishing a lot more and just like diamond people up. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he's had a, few... but the Knicks don't play that way that much. Yeah. Like it's not like they're, it's not like Randall and Brunson are playing like traditional, like pick and roll, give and go that type of play. So it's like, they don't have, the Knicks don't really have that guy, but I think that would be an interesting way to, uh to like shoot up. Brunson's kind of upside that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I agree. I think uh, definitely passing more. Um, It's definitely a Tibbs offense thing. And like, probably it's the case that the whole team is better because like we, you know, the fact the style of play just leads to offensive rebounds, which is right. It's clearly making us um, like it. The formula is really working well right now. It's like the perfect yeah. way of like like old school and analytics like hitting each other at the same spot. Like they're at this perfect peak of like this is part like really good efficiency and strategy. <laughs> like it's it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean I, I do I mean I do think there are just like so like one one thing I'll say is just like there are a ton of lob opportunities that basically every ball handler misses. And even if you know, on the one hand, you might think, oh, it's not that bad because 
the, uh, typically in those cases, if the lob is open, the ball handler and the ball handler tries to score instead of passing the lob. If the lob man is open, usually if it's like a pick and roll, right, that's because the big stepped up to offer a Ken mm-hmm. test on the ball handler or they're out of position or whatever. But that means that if the ball handler misses the shot, most likely the big will be in position to get the rebound. So yes. it is a missed lob and they're like, ah, that sucks. But, um, you know, they might not cost us that much. But I do still think like there are a bunch of easy lobs that are just I think you gotta th- there. That's, that, that, that would help. You throw a couple lobs and that, that changes the dynamic and the vibe of the team. Yeah, and it's also the case that Brunson is shooting um, really well from three this year. Uh, yes, he, I mean he's a thirty-eight percent career three-point shooter, so it's not—he's never been bad. But he's at forty-one percent this year, which maybe you know is a little bit outlier or whatever. But he's at the highest volume he's ever been. Um, and when you're shooting like that, he's only putting up four point seven attempts a game. Um, I think that's you know he's taken a step in the right direction there. But the next step is really you know putting up more threes, um, especially, you know, uh, off the dribble, off the mm-hmm. dribble threes, I think, which are extremely valuable, but Randall for him to take the star turn. I, I think it's one thing. I want to see if we agree. Can I go? Yeah. You go first. If he just does this in the playoffs, he's a star. I think like, I think it's really that simple. Like he dropped 57 at the garden <laughs> with like, uh, like 24 shots. It was absolutely unbelievable. Like, I can't believe the Knicks wasted a 57-point Julius Randle masterclass. Like, it is so goddamn annoying that that happened. Like, he just does, like, this shit in the playoffs. It wins. He's the star. Like, that's what it is. It's just like, can he do this in the playoffs? There's like, we Knicks have their guy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, there would even if he's... Even at that level, there's still the question of, like, can he be the best player in a championship? Team? Right. The, that... We, yeah, we get into different things, but like, but is he a just, star? Like star? Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's been all NBA this year. He's a he's an all <laughs> NBA player, and that's the second time in three years. So yeah, he's already a star in my yeah. view, in my book. Um, yeah, but like t- a superstar turn, he definitely has lots of. I feel like, I mean, I don't know that it's low hanging fruit because um, now this point in his career, it's like how much of this fruit is actually there to be like how high? Yeah, exactly. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's not there, right? Um, but like just things like quick decisions in the offense, um, I think like uh, uh, Frank Barrett on Twitter, everybody everybody loves Frank Barrett, uh, has pointed this out before. But there's just like, I mean, multiple swing passes that Julius misses every single game that mm-hmm. would create an easy wide open three where again where he instead gets the ball and just waits for the defense to recover and then does an isolation attempt, which he's pretty good at. But it's almost Very good at. worse than a wide open three for a teammate, you know, especially when that's like a lot of times that's Grimes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd much rather have that wide open three than a Julius Randle contested ISO or whatever. So like little things like that, um, I think, uh, you know, another thing that he definitely needs is the ability to create shots while keeping his head up and reading the floor. So I think we see a lot on his drives. He like he misses reads, right? Especially mm-hmm. when he's dribbling uh, downhill. When he is um, in the post, he's better at making reads. But when he dribbles downhill, he often 
Brunson does the same thing. Brunson and Randall have the same problem. Um, they look down a lot. They, it's almost like, you know, like when you're when you're a kid, everyone's like, don't look at the ball when you dribble. But like they really do look down a lot. And I don't know if they're looking at the ball as much as reading their man and that sort of thing. But they often miss what goes on on the court around them. Mm-hmm. Now, the at the exp- like the the upside is that they are like absolute savants at reading their defender and getting good shots and like beating their defender one on one, right? They're very good at it. But the problem is for Julius late in games, um, teams start sending doubles, and that habit of not reading the floor, of focusing on your own man, of focusing on the ball and your dribbles and what you're trying to do, can lead to him getting surprised, especially when he's going downhill by men coming. Um, earlier in the game, it leads him to missing some reads where he could probably make some good passes. Um, later in the game, it leads to turnovers and mistakes where he just doesn't read the double coming and doesn't see it coming. Mm-hmm. And so that really does cap his value in the sense that, you know, you can't really, you don't want Julius Randle to have the ball in his best spots down the stretch. Like the places it's safe for him to have the ball are like the very top of the key where it's really hard to send doubles and it's way easier to see the floor. But then, you know, Julius Randle contested isolation threes at the end of a game is not, that's not the shot you want to be generating. Mm-hmm. You can get better shots than that, right? Um, even though he's a high volume three baller, he's not as, uh, you know, not as uh, efficient there as, you, yeah. as you'd like, right? You can get better, you can get better shots. Um, so I think him being able to read that better would allow you to have him have the ball down the stretch in his places where he's best, you know? Um, but so often down the stretch, if you want to get a good shot with Julius on ball, you have to get him in places where he's not at his best and he's not able to do his best work. Um, he can't go downhill. You don't want him spinning. You don't like, you have to have him at the top of the key basically. Otherwise these doubles can overwhelm him. Um, so that's a huge thing that I think he'd have to take that step if he was going to become a super, super, superstar. Speaking of, uh, the spotlight and crunch time <laughs> basketball guys. It is, uh, was it <laughs> the, uh, college basketball tournament. <laughs> there we go. Uh, in that, right now. That's the so official name, right. The yeah, exactly. Tournament. Yeah. Uh, ready for the underdogs, the upset and the unbelievable action from DraftKings Sportsbook. That's right, guys. DraftKings ads. Now the biggest tournament in college basketball is here right now. New customers can, Bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets. Plus, uh, for uh, for a limited time, all customers can score a no-sweat uh, no bet during round one and two of the tournament. Go to the app, opt-in, and place a no-sweat bet this weekend. If it doesn't hit, you get a bonus and you get your $10 back. And, you know, this is time to talk about the matchups. I, I loved Seton Hall against, uh, I don't know, maybe uh, St. John's, and it was a great game. Seton Hall won. Really, uh, really excited for that. So Seton Hall going all the way in the, in the tournament. So the call to action is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Sign in with the code XXX. New customers can bet. $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Win or lose only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code XXX. And I would love the foul minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See note for details. Uh, 1-800-GAMBLER. 
all that good stuff. And I just, I just love the idea. I don't think that XXX is supposed to be the code. <laughs> I think they don't have the code. <laughs> so yeah. it could be TPBN for all I know. So DraftKings, there's your ad. What's the jingle for 1-800-GAMBLER? <laughs> I don't think they have a jingle. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, we'll make one now. I want to hear what's your best attempt at making a jingle. They need one. This could make I don't, I, I don't. I don't think the. Uh, I don't think the gambling association and one eight hundred gamblers are going to like us going making. You know, one eight hundred gambler gambler. <laughs> you know stuff. Fair. Call call right now. Like, like it's the my gambling addiction, and I want it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, this question: uh, Are we in the? We may be in the Patreon only time now, and we have just the. About an hour to see if we can finish wrap this podcast up. So the time is ticking. Young Pavardi asks, "When is it okay to expect R.J. Barrett to be actually good?" Oh, oh, Schwinn. Schwinn said that during a discussion we were having about R.J. Barrett in the Discord. Again, go to the Patreon, <laughs> get the tier. You got to go in the Discord to get all the inside jokes. So, oh wait, no, we're in the Patreon episode now. No one, none, none of the free people are going to hear that. I don't have to do ads and stuff anymore. Okay. Dallas? Uh, when, I mean, when, can we, is... when can we answer this? When, when, you know, are we allowed to? It's your fucking floor. It's time, man. It's time. Uh, you should be expecting, like, I mean, look at, look at, look at the consistency you get from guys like, uh, Grimes or Quickly or whatever, who are all younger players in terms of how many years they've been in the league um, than RJ is. I think it's you know I think it's I think it's damn time to expect at least to expect consistent effort, right? Where mm-hmm. you should not have instances where you're like damn, and you should you should not have weeks or game multi game stretches where you're like feels like RJ really wasn't trying. Now, in fairness, I feel like since All-Star break, he's been just way better in all of that stuff. And on defense, he's been better. As a decision-maker, he's been better. Um, as an effort guy, just in general, he's been better. And he's been more alert and paying better attention. I mean, he just has been more connected. But we're year four, and we're still getting long stretches of, like, you know, hope. hopefully post-All-Star break like last year, RJ will have another uh, – he'll get it his shit together. Because, like, the same thing happened last year. He had a great run, and then All-Star break, then he had a bad, huge bad stretch, and All-Star break came. And then after All-Star break, he finally, he looked way more explosive and finally came out, and, like, it's like, oh, RJ's back. That's great. But, like, all right, first two years, first three years, maybe that's all right. It's time to start seeing some consistency. Um, And, like, other things, you know, like, okay, you missed some three-point shots. I I don't care about that. Whatever. Like, you are who you are there. You're doing what you can there. That's fine. Um, okay, uh, you know, you you get a shot blocked here and there, whatever. You have a turnover here and there. That happens to everybody. I'm not too worried about it. Young guys, he's going to get better in that respect. But the thing that, like, I – that you want to see consistently and that can make you worry is, like, these – again, it's these, these doldrums of effort, these doldrums of alertness and of intensity because, like uh, – on really, really good teams, if you're contending and you're trying to make make a push, make a run, you can't have stretches like that, and you need to know who you can count on and who's going to be there. Um, I think maybe the fact that Josh Hart is here 
Uh, and Grimes is playing as well as he is, and quickly is playing as well as he is, uh, making it not a guarantee that RJ closes, that RJ has 36 minutes a game or whatever. Um, all of those factors together, those guys playing as well as they are together, um, has maybe given him a little bit of the kick in the pants he needed. But yeah, no, Schwinn's absolutely right. It's 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 definitely time. He can be held to account just like anybody. Um, the, the He's young or he's a... He's whatever. It is true. Sometimes it just takes guys longer to figure things out. Randall took forever. Andrew Wiggins took forever. Um, but uh, the Knicks are good now, so it'd be pretty cool to have him be good now. And look, criticism is just fair. When you when you deserve criticism, uh, that's it's fine to give criticism, right? Like, especially if it's, just, effort. If it's effort stuff. That stuff I just can't. I can't. It's can't abide. I am going to ask you the question that our beloved jerry garcia asks us if he's not good at that moment right is it okay to spank him just give him a little spank huh that's the question You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.